We are all waiting for De'Aaron Fox to finally receive the respect that he deserves and be named to an NBA All-Star team. I believe that it is going to happen this season. But is Tyrese Halliburton the key to De'Aaron Fox becoming an All-Star? Former NBA player, current Sacramento Kings radio broadcaster, Henry Turner thinks so. He joins me on today's Locked on Kings podcast to share his thoughts on De'Aaron, on Tyrese, on Davion Mitchell, what he's seen from preseason, calling every single one of these games, expectations uh, for the Kings and their chances to make the play-in and the playoffs. It's all on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time, time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season, all preseason, and all offseason. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, in, uh, interviews with local and national uh, experts, uh, full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January all the way through to December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports uh, media member, Sacramento Kings media member for the last seven years. This is my eighth season. And covering the Kings formerly with KHDK Sports Radio in Sacramento, now with ABC 10 Television. And I want to thank you for making Locked On Kings your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network today. And I encourage you uh, to find a second listen. We are going to a uh, elimination final game five between the San Francisco Giants and LA Dodgers. Uh, so if you are a Giants fan or just a baseball fan in general, you're going to want to listen to the Locked On Giants podcast with Ben Caspic. Also check out the Locked On Dodgers podcast, the Locked On MLB podcast covering uh, from a national perspective all of the MLB playoffs. And if you're looking for a national show too, I know you love NBA basketball, you're here. Uh, check out the Locked On NBA podcast as all this week we are doing regular season previews. There's going to be a, a Kings involved uh, regular season preview on Friday on Locked On NBA. So I encourage you to make sure you check that out. Make that your second listen, of course, after listening to Locked On Kings. And I think you're going to enjoy listening to today's show as I am joined once again uh, by my friend and colleague, Henry Turner, former Sacramento King. You know him as the high flyer for his incredible athleticism, as the dunker that he was for the Sacramento Kings, playing with uh, Spud Webb and those classic Kings teams uh, in the, uh, the early 90s, mid 90s. Um, so there's a lot of things to like about what Henry has to say about this Kings team. He's now part of the uh, daily Kings radio broadcast team. So he has a, uh, a front row seat to everything that's going on with this Kings team. I think you're going to like what he has to say about uh, their chances next season. You're going to love what he has to say about Davion Mitchell. The effect that he has on this Kings team has great stuff to say about the Kings re-signing Rashawn Holmes, De'Aaron Fox, and, and Tyrese Halliburton being the key to De'Aaron Fox making an all-star appearance and actually taking that next step 
in his career, I think is very, very interesting. That perspective that you're going to get from Henry Turner. So without any further ado, here is my conversation with the high flyer right here on Locked on Kings. Joining me right now, you know him as the high flyer, former Sacramento King, current Sacramento Kings radio broadcaster, Henry Turner, back here on the Locked on Kings podcast. HT, <laughs> I'm glad we caught you outside the Golden One Center. You've been in that building for every single one of these preseason games. You'll be in there uh, for the final preseason game uh, against the Los Angeles Lakers. And then we get to actual real NBA basketball. This offseason has been a quick one, but it's good to get back to the regular NBA schedule. My man, I hope you're as excited as I am. I am, man. I mean, I'm, I'm excited for the new season. I'm excited for the new team. Uh, seems like the Sacramento Kings got a new outlook on things. And, um, uh, they made some off-season moves and seemed like the basketball team has gotten better. I can uh, definitely say this is probably one of the deepest rosters that the Kings have had as far as veterans and guys who are ready to go and be an NBA uh, serviceable. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that depth because I think that's going to be something that's really important to pay attention to throughout this entire regular season. It's a good problem to have for Luke Walton, right? That he has so many players that are capable NBA players, but only so many guys can play with uh, and so many minutes to, to pass around. And you've played on some good teams in your time in the NBA HT where everybody wants to play. Everybody thinks they deserve to get in, but only so many guys can get in. How much of an advantage is that for the Kings, but how difficult is that for someone like Luke Walton to manage? Well, for Luke Walton, it's a good thing <laughs> because, you know, it, it gives him options, uh, Matt. That's the thing. You know, he has five serviceable guards that he can uh, pull from at any time. You know, and he's, he, he has a lot of firepower this year, I would say more so than over the other years that uh, Luke has been able to coach this team. You know, when you go down through five, okay, De'Aaron Fox is the head of your snake. We know he can score, all right? Buddy Hill is an elite three-point shooter in this league. Uh, Tyree Halliburton, love this kid. He makes everybody else on the roster better, all right? TD, TD is like Benny Johnson back in the day. He's a microwave. When he gets it going and he gets hot, he can give you buckets at a huge rate. And then we talk about the young rookie, Davion Mitchell. D. Mitch is NBA ready. You know, I didn't know much about his offensive game. I knew a lot about how he played defense and the tenacity he played and how hard and what he do on the defensive end. But this young man can shoot down the three. He can knock down the jump shot. And in today's NBA, if you can shoot the three, it's a place for you. Yeah, especially with what he provides on the defensive end. I'm going to ask you more about Davion later on because he's the one I'm most excited to hear uh, your thoughts on. But I do want to ask about um, what you've seen in these first three preseason games. I mean, the Kings are 3-0 and so far in preseason. I know final scores don't matter, and preseason record ultimately doesn't matter. But I've had to deal with a lot of yeah buts from NBA fans and Sacramento Kings fans when trying to point out positives about the preseason. That, yeah, these guys aren't playing, or yeah, it's only the preseason. It doesn't actually count yet. But in terms of everything that I've wanted to see or most of what I wanted to see out of the Sacramento Kings in meaningless exhibition games, we're seeing it. What have you thought about the ultimate positives from uh, from this uh, preseason so far? Well, you know, I'm, I'm like everybody else in preseason match. You know, I never, I never count anything in preseason. But here's what I like that I've seen out of the Sacramento Kings. 
um, you know, the first game, I was really intrigued to see how well they were going to be able to play. I'm forgetting about who they're playing against. Don't care who's on the other side. I'm just looking at what the Kings are doing as a team. And they came out that first night, and they looked like a basketball team who knew one another, guys who were in tune with one another, guys who look like they have played together at least two to three years. That was what I wanted to see. I wanted to see what the Kings would come out and turn the basketball over and guys not knowing the offense and guys trying to tell other guys where to be. You have all of that when you have newcomers on your basketball club, you know, because it's a lot of disarray out there. Guys don't know people. Guys don't know the plays. Guys don't know the procedures out there on the floor. I didn't see any of that. I saw guys who are very much in tune with one another and then another good point is the new guys that, that they were trying to implement, and I'm not even counting TD and Mo Hartless as new guys because they were here for at least a little while to where they got in tune with what the Kings were doing. I'm about the new guys, even Alex Lynn. We can call him new, but he's been here before. He's played in our system before. Nothing new to him. So now we go to Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson is basically Rashawn Holmes 2.0. He's a guy that's going to come in. He's going to give you hard work, rebound, brunt guy. He isn't a gimme, gimme guy to where he's going to be like, throw me the ball down here in the post. I got to have the ball. That's not him. He's going to play within the system. That's one thing that I like about him. The same thing with Alex Lynn. Alex Lynn is going to play within Alex Lynn's realm of what he does out there on the floor. And then you can start throwing in some of the other guys, you know, so, so some of the two-way players, but they've been here before. They know the system, and that is definitely showed in those first couple of games. Today's Locked On Kings podcast is brought to you by Sweatblock, the antiperspirant wipes that work better than anything else on the market. Sweatblock works like a charm. I'm using it right now. Uh, and Sweatblock is not only like a, a one-time use and you're good for the rest of the day. It's doctor-created and doctor-recommended and works for up to seven days per use. The shortest that I've gone without uh, having or before I had to use a new uh, one of these sweat block wipes is four and a half days. So it hasn't been any shorter uh, than that. These sweat, blo- uh, the sweat block wipes, they're just incredible. Uh, they give you a dry shirt guarantee, meaning if sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you will get your money back. Uh, they're a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years, have over 13,000 reviews. Reviews, so you don't just have to take my word for it. You can read those reviews right now. Uh, currently number one in Amazon's antiperspirant category. Super easy to order. Like I said, you can get them on Amazon. Uh, if you prefer not to online shop, you can go to your local CVS pharmacy and find them there. But I encourage you to buy them on uh, sweatblock.com because if you use promo code locked on at sweatblock.com, you'll get 20% off of your order. So take advantage of that. Get rid of the uncomfortable, embarrassing sweat stains with sweatblock. HT, you said it, and I know Luke Walton has said this, De'Aaron Fox is the head of the snake here in Sacramento, and there's high expectations for De'Aaron. Last season, he made an incredible leap showing, okay, he can be the leading scorer and a star uh, for an NBA team. But now he's looking to make another leap on top of that, not only leading the Kings to the playoffs, but actually getting a uh, an all-star selection in the Western Conference, which is very difficult with the amount of talented guards that are in the West. But the biggest difference for me looking at De'Aaron Fox from last season to this season is it's clear that the man has been hit in the weight room. He has bulked up. He has added size without losing any of that burst, without losing any of that speed. And he's already uh, always, always had a... a 
incredible ability to finish through contact. But in years past, he spent far too much time on the floor for my liking, especially when you're wanting to keep the man healthy for 82 games. So far from what we've seen in preseason, he looks like he's a lot more capable of finishing through contact without letting it knock him over. In fact, he's knocking some bigger guys over when they collide in the air. What have you seen from just the uh, the the work that he's put in in the weight room? Well, the, the, this is where the rubber is going to hit the road for De'Aaron Fox. You know, this is where you're going to really see who he is and what he has in the tank. You know, when you start talking about him trying to make an all-star push, well, we've got to see, number one, is Luke going to still use him in the same capacity as he used him last year? Is De'Aaron going to be basically with the ball in his hands? So is he going to be able to do that? And with all the talk about De'Aaron's the head of the snake, De'Aaron's the head of the snake, De'Aaron's the number one guy, all of that talk is good, but I look at it as a negative too because just like we hear it, the teams hear it. And guess who name is going to be number one on that defensive uh, uh, playbook when other teams walk into the arena? It's going to be De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox is going to get a lot of attention this year on the defensive end because of who he is and what he's capable of doing. Now, is he if he come out this year – and does equally as well as he did last year, I would say, yeah, the young man needs an NBA nod because now you're not sneaking up on anybody. People know you. They know who you are. They know how dangerous you are, and they know what you can do. So with that being said, De'Aaron Fox said, like, he's like, yeah, I have a target on my back. So let me go in this weight room and get a little more size on me so I'll be able to fight off some of these wolves that's going to be coming at him through the season. Smart move, if you ask me, being able to put some size on because you know guys are coming. The big men know you can explode to the basket and dunk on them. There's nothing that's going to be a question about De'Aaron Fox, and guys are going to be looking to stop him. So now you got to put a little size on to be able to combat that. So to that point, how important then is Tyrese Halliburton for alleviating some of that pressure on De'Aaron as we expect Tyrese is going to be starting with De'Aaron on a nightly basis and we know Tyrese is more than capable as a secondary ball handler. The Kings have discussed more opportunities for De'Aaron taking the ball out of his hands, at least not being the primary ball handler up the floor every single time and running him off the ball a little bit, what that could do for his game. And also taking some of the offensive load off Fox maybe allows him to give a little more on the defensive end. And we know Fox is a capable defender when he is engaged. So to everything that you just said, how much does Tyrese Halliburton play into that? Tyrese Halliburton is going to be the key. He is going to be the key because if I was the coach of the Sacramento Kings, and I'm not saying that I know the end all be all, but I would definitely try this. I would take De'Aaron off the ball, put Tyrese as my major ball handler because Tyrese is everyone around him better. Mm. I'm not saying that De'Aaron don't facilitate, but Tyrese makes everyone around him better better. And I'm letting De'Aaron go. De'Aaron, you know what? I'm going to take a piece off of your plate. You don't have to facilitate my man. I want you to score. I want you to put that ball in the basket because I got a good facilitator and Tyrese Halliburton. So the only time I would want to put the ball in De'Aaron's hands is when we're on the fast break. Now, D, you go. You're the road runner. Me, me, you, you get up and down the floor. Now, on secondary, when we're running our offense to our sets, Tyrese, you run the show because I need De'Aaron to score. 
If you're hungry and you're looking for a snack to get you through the day that is delicious but also healthy for you, I have just the thing. Built Bar. They're the protein bars that taste like candy bars covered in 100% chocolate, soft, easy to chew, absolutely delicious. Come in a variety of different flavors so you won't get bored with them. Flavors like coconut, mint brownie, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. All of these flavors are tremendous and they taste as advertised. A lot of protein-based products, protein bars, protein drinks, they will say that they're this flavor profile, but really you just taste more of like the protein supplement more than anything else, not with Built Bar. It feels like you're, uh, in my case, my favorite is mint brownie. It feels like I'm eating a mint brownie or to me it's mint chocolate chip ice cream is basically what I taste and I love mint chip ice cream and not only are these bars delicious like I said they're healthy for you 17 to 18 grams of protein calories ranging from 130 to 180 only 4 to 5 grams of net uh, of net carbs and only 4 to 5 grams of sugar you can order your bars today now on built.com when you do so use promo code locked 15 for 15% off your order again that's promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com all right, I can't wait anymore. I have to ask you about Davion Mitchell. I've been looking forward to asking you about him for, honestly, weeks. That's why I'm so excited to have you on the podcast again here, HT. Just the way that Davion Mitchell plays. I mean, we're, I've already had conversations with people calling him one of the most reliable kings already, even though he hasn't played a regular season game yet, because you know exactly what you're going to get effort-wise out of Davion. Now, I do have questions about if he's going to be able to carry that effort over a 82 game season on a nightly basis. Cause as you know, very different from college when you're on that kind of rigorous schedule and usually rookies take a little time to get acclimated, but the way that he plays the effort and tenacity that he plays with on the defensive end of the floor, it's hard not to get hype watching the man. Well, first of all, let's just get this out the way. He isn't a one and done guy. So, you know, he spent some time in college and he was taught very well. Now, as far as how he plays, he plays with that tenacity, Abat. That's in him. You don't have to teach that. That's the way this young man plays basketball. He's not going to change that around. He's not going to stop. That's what got him here. Keep doing what you're doing, young man. You're doing the right thing. As far as you want to talk about the NBA grind, I think he'll be just fine. And, and, and even if he hits a rookie wall, which all rookies does, all rookies hit the rookie wall. It's no big deal, and I don't expect nothing different from him. But I'll tell you what I, I tell you what I think. I honestly think he is NBA ready. From what I've seen of him, we know pushing up on the ball, being able to guard the ball man to man, very well equipped. But what I've liked is that he hasn't played out of control like most rookies do when they hit the league. He's been very much under control, very much poised, making the right play, making the right rotations. He's been very good in that aspect. Young man really hasn't turned the ball over. The first couple of times he had the ball in that first game, he had a little jitters, he, and he even admitted to it himself. Had a little jitters, turned the basketball over a couple of times, but after that, he settled down and settled right into playing. Last game, last game, he was the MVP. He was the MVP of the game, played very well, knocked down shots, played defense. He did everything he needed to do out there on the floor. 
And there, there are question marks about uh, whether or not he's going to be able to have the success defensively that we've seen in the preseason and in summer league against some of the top guards and top players uh, in the NBA. But we did get snapshots, HT, uh, and a couple possessions of him guarding Paul George and got respect from Paul George after the game, even got respect from Damian Lillard after the Portland game, even though Dame didn't play him. Uh, so uh, teams know what is going to be coming at them when Davion is on the ball. And and De'Aaron has already said it himself. He's calling Davion already a top five on-ball defender in the NBA before he's even played a regular season game, which is tremendously high praise from a, a guard in Fox who knows what it takes to be a, a good uh, on-ball defender uh, as a guard at the NBA level. But there's a lot of pressure maybe on, and maybe it's not on Davion specifically, but there are expectations from the fan base that Davion is going to help change the Sacramento's defense from as terrible as it was last year to halfway decent. That's a lot to put on a rookie's shoulders, but we've heard conversation about, while wow, the, the way that Davion Mitchell plays is contagious. You see the effort that he gives on defense, and as a, his teammate, you want to match that, or you're going to get exposed, really. Do you agree with that? Does that happen in a locker room and in a practice facility and in a game? If I'm playing, or if you're playing alongside Davion and he's playing with that effort, do you feel obligated to give the same? Well, number one, I don't put changing the culture of defense so heartily on Davion Mitchell as a rookie. Now, I, I never want to do that to a rookie. I always feel like a rookie needs to come into the NBA, fall into a situation to where he's a piece of the puzzle. He's not the whole pie. So, but yeah, he plays that way and it can become infectious with the guys but at the end of the day, you know, I played with a small point guard. I played with Spud Webb. You know, Spud was one of the smallest guys out there. And I think they're going to test Davion for sure. They're going to they're, they're going to the bigger guards are going to post him up. No, no doubt about it. They're going to put him down in the chamber and see how he reacts. Now, the thing is going to be how are the Sacramento Kings going to respond to helping him out with that? Because we knew. Guys were going to try to post up Spud. As soon as they went down to the low block, everybody was shifting over to bring the help because we knew that was coming. So when they tried to throw the ball into the post and we double teamed that real quick and got the ball out, well, they stopped doing it because they know that we really keyed in on that to help Spud out. But Damian's going to be fine around the perimeter. He's going to be just fine and do very well. This is all about when they try to put him in that one-on-one low post situation, and that's where the team is going to have to help him out. You called Tristan Thompson earlier Rashawn Holmes 2.0. How big of a deal was it that Rashawn was re-signed and brought back here as the starting center for the Kings? Oh, Matt, number one. Number one. And I said this from the time – the speculation was out that he was a free agent and the Kings had to resign him. I'm telling everybody, sign that man. Sign him, sign him quick. Do whatever it is it takes to keep him on this team. Because if the Kings are going to stay with this particular roster, he is the perfect guy. Rashawn Holmes is a walking double-double for the Sacramento Kings. And Matt, they don't run one play for him on the offensive end. He gets everything that he gets off of pick and rolls, lob, drive, and kick. Now, the number that Rashawn Holmes give you, can you probably get it from somebody else out there? Probably so. You probably can find somebody that's gonna give you the exact same numbers that Rashawn is giving you. But that guy is gonna be like, hey, 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 
Bring that ball over here and give it to me in the post. I want to have the ball. I got to score. I got to do this. I got to do that. He's going to be a gimme guy. And now all of a sudden, we already talked about taking the ball out of De'Aaron's hands and putting it into Tyrese's hands. Now all of a sudden, you got a guy in the low post that's crying. He has to have the ball down low. Well, now you're taking the ball out of Tyrese's hands. And see, you don't want to do that because you want those guys to be running your show. So when you have Rashawn Holmes, who's giving you the double-double, who's giving you big-time numbers, Matt, he was number two in the league last year in field goal percentage. All right? Shoots the ball at a very high clip. He isn't saying, Tyrese, give me the ball. He isn't going over to and patting him on the back saying, hey, hey, I'm open down low. He's not doing none of that. He's playing within the system, and he's letting those guys be who they can be. Perfect scenario for this team. If the Kings didn't resign Rashawn home, I would have been very, very, very disappointed. I completely agree with you. And not only like what you're saying of, of how he doesn't command the ball and he doesn't need the ball to be super effective. The What he is as a player archetype fits exactly with what the Sacramento Kings are trying to do with his athleticism. And then you've added a guy like Alex Len, who when you do need a bigger body to bang down low with a Nikola Jokic or a Dwight Howard, you have that option off the bench. So that's not all on, on Rashawn Holmes anymore, which I think is a tremendous plus for him. And last season, Henry, Rashawn, over the last couple of seasons, he's basically become all reliable for the Sacramento Kings at that center position. But the true all reliable on this team is Harrison Barnes and it continues to be Harrison Barnes. And we still don't know about what position he's going to play in the starting lineup. He could play the three and you could have Bagley start at the four or Tristan Thompson or Mo Harkless start at the four, or you could go small, play Barnes at the four and maybe eventually start Davion Mitchell or start uh, Buddy Heald at the three. The versatility that you get from Harrison Barnes in terms of lineups, but the consistency that you get from Harrison Barnes just as a basketball player. And last season was arguably statistically his, his best season of his career with how effective he was for the Kings, especially to start the season. Of course, the Kings have their high profile players and Fox and Halliburton and Mitchell, and maybe even Rashawn Holmes, but how important is Harrison Barnes to the success of this team and their actual playoff chances? Harrison Barnes is the Swiss army knife of the Sacramento Kings. This kid does a little bit of everything. And, you know, I got to salute Harrison, man, because he came in this year. I think Harrison probably is in the best shape I've seen him in in a long time. He looks very, very good. He looks in shape. He looks ready to go. You know, so whatever he did over the offseason, Harrison, keep doing that because uh, it got you in a good light. So, yeah, where is he going to play? Uh, it depends upon what the Kings want to do, Matt. You know, are they going to are they going to deal with that three guard lineup? And I, and if they go three guard lineup, I would say it's more so of a four guard lineup because really Harrison Barnes can be a guard also. He does most of his damage out around on the perimeter. So you can go with the four guard lineup and play a big fella down low, or put Tristan Thompson, or you could put uh, Holmes at the free throw line, spread the floor. Now you can really take advantage of that. The the the, the one major part of this thing for the Kings, and I think it's still a question mark, is where they're going to be able to play Marvin back. Where is Moneybags going to play? Where is he going to be most effective? Because do you utilize him at the four? You know, is he, is he going to be that legitimate stretch four that you need him to be? 
Or are you going to utilize him at the five position and have Harrison Barnes at the four and try to utilize his quickness more? It's, it's still yet to be seen where they're going to implement him into this system. Yeah, Bagley is one of many questions with this Sacramento Kings team. But one thing we won't have to question anymore, and Henry, you have uh, the final preseason game in Sacramento against the Los Angeles Lakers. Then we get to meaningful basketball. I know the Kings actually opened up their season in Portland against the Blazers. But October 22nd, I believe it is, Gold One Center is going to be packed for Kings and Utah Jazz. And you know better than I do the importance in, in the game of basketball of playing in front of a home crowd and having that home court advantage and how fans can have an effect on a game how excited are you for that atmosphere and for guys like Ty- Tyrese Halliburton and Davion Mitchell they've experienced it a little bit with preseason and a little bit in summer league the California Classic but they haven't experienced a real golden one center Sacramento Kings crowd and atmosphere yet which is hard to believe for someone like Tyrese who feels like he's been here and is such an important part of this team now uh, for so long what are you expecting from that night and uh, I imagine you've been counting down the days and had that circled on your calendar for a while Man, let me tell you, I don't know about the players, but I'm going to be so hyped. I'm so happy to get out of the bubble. They took the plexiglass down. We took out the cardboard uh, fans. We get to have real butts in the seats. So, you know, we're kind of getting to almost, quote unquote, back to normal, you know, and for some of these young guys to see that and see how this arena really rocks, I think that they're really going to enjoy it. But, you know, understanding this, Matt, you know, the Sacramento Kings have gotten better. No doubt. I have no doubt in that. I would definitely say they've gotten better. The only problem with this whole scenario is, is that everybody in the West has gotten better. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about, okay, everybody got L.A. coming out the West, which I really don't think is going to happen. I don't think the Russell Westbrook thing is going to work. You heard me say this right here, right now on this show. I, I agree with you. I don't think the Russell Westbrook thing is going to work in L.A. And then you have the Clippers. The Clippers are championship or bust still, right? Okay? You got Utah. Utah is still championship or bust. And then you sprinkle in Phoenix, who's another team, championship or bust, right? Dallas has gotten better. Denver is still in the high echelons, Mm. Right? Portland and gain some ground. They still want to be high up there, still highly respected. So now Golden State, I think Golden State is really going to be back in the mix. If they get Clay back to Clay Thompson, uh, uh, style of play, they're back in the mix of things. So the West is tough. Dallas, Dallas is tough. All right. Memphis. We see what Memphis did last year. Memphis is tough. Now, the Houston Rockets, they may struggle. All right. They didn't depleted everything. They may struggle. But do you count out pop? Do you count out the silver and black? Do you ever count out the silver and black? He's going to be in the mix. So, I mean, Minnesota, Minnesota might struggle, but The West is still stacked. So it's going to take some very good basketball play by the Kings to be able to crack that playoff code. And two-thirds of the league now, or two-thirds rather, of the uh, the Western Conference makes it at least the playing around, and the expectation is the Kings will absolutely be one of those teams at the bare minimum that makes the play-in around. The play-in format is one of the two best things that came out 
uh, of the shortened COVID last season. I'll, I'll share with you what the second thing is, but I, I did want to get your opinion on the play. And do you think that is the best route for the Sacramento Kings to, to make the playoffs? Do you think that should be the goal or, or actually a top six uh, seed should be the goal and avoiding the play in altogether for this Kings team? Or is that shooting a little too high, getting a little too ahead of themselves and your just thoughts on the plan in general, if you like it and think the NBA should keep it around long-term. Matt, I think it gives them more of a legitimate chance. I, I, I honestly do. Um, I, I, I like, I like to play in round. It gives a different twist to, you know, what goes on as far as trying to make the playoffs. And it gives some of those bottom teams seal hope because let's say if a bottom team hit their stride at the end, mm. Well, they can kind of squeeze their way up. Or if some teams, you know, we see it every year, you know, get injury prone. All of a sudden, that changes the game. Mm. You catch a team when they got two or three of their all-stars down, that changes the game. So, yes, it it gives those teams more of a legitimate shot of trying to make it. And it it doesn't let teams say, okay, we're tanking now, and we're just going to play for ping pong balls. Mm. And the second biggest thing to come out of last season, uh, the COVID shortened season in my mind is now Henry Turner being a consistent part of the Sacramento Kings radio broadcast, which uh, you can catch him on, uh, on the airwaves sports 1140 KHDK, the Kings radio network. He is up in the radio. Well, with uh, the G man, Gary Gerald, Deuce Mason and Jason Ross for every single game. Of course, if you're in the golden one center, don't be bugging him while he's on the air, but you can walk by and see him in his setup uh, that he's got up there. HD. I love having you uh, hearing you on the broadcast, man. We've haven't had too many TV broadcasts broadcast of these preseason games so y'all have been keeping all of us company during these preseason games so far and I know you're excited to call a game with actual energy inside an arena instead of staring at a screen for road games all the time and and, and pumped in crowd noise when the Kings are at home yeah man I mean I'm I'm actually happy you know I'm blessed that I'm I'm in on the call you know being able to help out and you know do whatever it is that I can possibly do you know we have fun man we all know each other we're we're all a family me Jay Ross and uh, you know we me and Jay Ross we talk about it all the time how blessed we are to to work with someone like G-Man man that's been in this league and has done this job for so long and he's the ultimate professional so you know just to be around him and be able to learn and get the tutelage from him has definitely been a blessing. And you know as well as I do, HT, nobody deserves actually calling playoff basketball more than G-Man does. So hopefully this will be the season that the Kings do finally give that to him, even if it's just one playing game in Sacramento. Hopefully it's more than that. Hopefully the Kings actually make a best of seven series. Uh, but the Kings are, are poised really to, to be exciting and, and potentially make that a reality for G and for all the uh, Kings fans this season. I appreciate you coming back on Locked on Kings. Anytime that I can do it, I absolutely jump on it, my guy. Uh, and we'll do it again very soon, I hope. Matty G, you know, man, you're my brother by another mother. It's always good, man. Always a treat having Henry Turner here on Locked On Kings. And now I want to hear your thoughts on everything that we discussed. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at MattGeorgeSack, S-A-C. Uh, you can email me, MattGeorgeSports at, uh, at gmail.com. And MattGeorgeSack is uh, on Twitter, by the way. Uh, I think that's also my Instagram handle if you want to reach out on Instagram too. I know some of you are more active on IG. My Instagram game, I just need to step it up. Right now, it's just all pictures of my son. <laughs> uh, and you can also, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can leave your uh, your 
your thoughts in the comment section down below. I read those and try and respond to as many as I can. If you haven't left a review yet for the Locked On Kings podcast, I really would appreciate that. That helps out the show way more than you understand. Uh, all you have to do is go on to uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, create a, a quick account, takes no time at all. Of course, it's completely free. Hit five stars, leave a little blurb about what you like about the podcast, any constructive criticism that you have, why you would encourage others, Kings fans or just NBA fans in general, to listen to the podcast. Um, please do that again. It helps us out a ton. And of course, continue listening to Locked On Kings. I hope you'll join me on tomorrow's podcast as we will uh, recap the final Kings preseason game, Kings and Lakers, to wrap up the preseason in Sacramento. And then, oh yeah, it's meaningful, real regular season basketball that we get to look forward to. The season is basically here, very excited. And of course, all season long and hopefully all playoffs postseason, uh, Locked On Kings will be your uh, your number one source for Kings news, Kings talk, and uh, ultimate Kings entertainment. I appreciate all your support. Can't wait to have you join me on the next podcast. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked On Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.